Oh, do you say Lego or do you say Legos? Lego. Okay. They are plural Legos. Why? Well, no, plural. Technically, Lego is the plural. Yeah. Yeah. It's like sheep and sheep. Uh, There's a sheep and there's some sheep, right? Yeah. I did used to say Legos all the time, though. Yeah. Yeah. I got schooled recently by another podcast. And I was like, wow, now I can be extra pretentious in this area that nobody needs to be pretentious about. I guess I would only (laughs) say it in a possessive, like, no, I guess. My Lego bring all the boys to the yard, that kind of way. (laughs) Uh, Sure. (laughs) Solid. Okay, Nathan, you want to roll us in? Solid. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to The John Chi Show. This is a solo episode as Patrick starts taking a photo <laughs> of my backdrop for posterity. Yeah, for blackmail. For posterity. We I are just... the John G Show. <laughs> we are clapping in a loop continuously it's for fine. ourselves. Such is okay. life. That loop likes to pop on on you. It does. <laughs> I, I don't know how to control it. Hi, my name is KJ. If you're a first time listener. And I'm Nathan. <laughs> and I am that's Patrick. Patrick. For first-time listeners. First, yes. If, you, if this first is your time. first episode, welcome. I appreciate yeah. you jumping in at the end. Yeah, that is true. Because we are not always a solo show. We are an interview show <laughs> They don't sometimes. even know that it's a solo and show yet. Not, I know. Well, I know I said it was a solo show. but Oh, you did? Yeah. But it's okay. <laughs> we are in episode 86 here, and we are a show about Korean adoption, <laughs> and about culture, and about food, and about community and about relationships and about social media and media and culture history you're putting us in all kinds language. of buckets we have we have a lot of buckets don't we mm. we reach uh, into a lot of buckets i'd say yeah i don't I see wouldn't buckets. say we own the buckets we just reach no, into them we yeah. yeah we reach into the buckets <laughs> but from from the lens of th- korean american adoptees who are yes. straight and male and between the ages of 18 and 57 <laughs> so if yeah, you are one the of those of adulthood welcome. and retirement <laughs> yeah exactly so but uh yeah we uh, uh what are you guys Nathan, uh, what are we talking about what today? are you guys doing i don't know what are we talking about <laughs> other than my lego background i was just gonna let you go with it see where <laughs> you went go. i don't know what yeah. i'm doing I'm, I'm happy that as long as my computer doesn't shut off in the middle of this i'm happy so sure <laughs> sure Right, but uh, what about you guys? Uh, I know it's spring. We've talked about that. It's getting warmer, you guys. I feel like it should technically be we're on the cusp of summer, so but it's still snowing in Indiana, yeah, which I mentioned it, last time. It was thirty degrees this morning when I left the house, so it still feels like winter to me. But, I mean, yeah, it's almost May, so that's exciting. I guess uh, Sarah has a big event where we're getting all dressed up. Uh, this weekend when this episode mm. drops, which is exciting. Ooh. I rented a tux from not men's warehouse. Learned that lesson. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Oh, but we should also say a big congratulations to you, homeowner KJ and Sarah. Oh yes. Thank so, you. Yes. I have a home. Thought, there's where's the where's the Hooray. soundboard applause. He doesn't want to applaud himself. He doesn't want to which himself. Humble. Yeah, humble. maybe humble. it should be more like I own a home now. Yeah. <laughs> that is, Welcome to Eternal. That is the fixing. comedy part of it. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's exciting, but also like it's just a lot of decisions. It's more of a fixer than we thought. So we're like, we can do anything. We're like, oh no, we can do anything. So we're like, what if the colors don't look good? You know, I don't know. <laughs> Color matching. So, no fun. Doesn't matter. Your your taste may change in three years anyway. So, you know. And fixing is an ongoing process. So don't tell me that. <laughs> I was right. like, what is that sound? <sighs> that's I'm like, you're getting long... Nathan, we're getting some feedback from that's the... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. That's... that's the long belabored exhale of a happy homeowner. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to you just have to accept it. You know, uh, yeah, it's part of we're, adulting. We're so. incredibly grateful, honestly. Yeah. The whole process has been quite serendipitous. Um, so yeah, oh, we're just we're really grateful and happy to to have this opportunity 
and to have the means to to capitalize on it. So yeah, awesome. um, switching to something that I want to talk about today, we have recently we sarah and i have uh just recently started woke well actually just finished woke on hulu um with lamar morris who you may know as winston bishop from new girl i'm sure he's done other stuff but i don't know what else what <laughs> else do. he's been in um but yeah it was really good and i remember seeing it on hulu probably close to 2020 and when i noticed it i was like this is a lot this I can't deal with a comedy situation that's so close to real pain and tragedy. So I just like had it on the back burner. But then I watched it and I was like, gosh, this is so funny. And the conceit of the show is uh, basically this black cartoonist named uh, – oh, no, I don't even remember his name. Whatever. Oh, the, no. The character that Lamorne Morris plays, uh, <laughs> he's a black cartoonist. Oh, Keith Knight, that's what it is, uh, is just out there living life, is doing great, whatever, just makes light cartoons and then gets uh, – assaulted by the police uh and is mistaken as a just you know he fits the descri- fits the description of the criminal which is a six foot black man uh and so he has this racial awakening right the self-racialization and the reason i bring it up is and this is all in the pilot when i watched it i was like oh this is exactly how i felt when i self-racialized and it's like it's comedy and so it plays a little bit differently um obviously it's from a black man's perspective and not a transracial adoptee perspective but i think there's a lot of analogs there uh so yeah i was just like man this is this is really good and then it it moves on into some like really good like it, i feel like it does a good job of um intersectional conversation so would encourage you to watch it it's eight eight episodes per season season two just dropped um but listeners if you have seen woke i've already pre-talked to my co-hosts and know that neither of them have seen it but if you've seen woke uh you should definitely message me about it or go watch it if you're a transracial adoptee especially i think if you're somebody who doesn't know how to explain what it feels like to self-racialize i don't know like now now that we're sometime removed from our own self-racialization can you describe what it feels like better than you previously could like when it was immediately happening to you well, I wanted to ask you a question first that might oh, yeah, be able sure. to actually help me answer this question. Um, you said that when you watched the show, it made you feel or you felt the same way when you self-racialized. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you could kind of a little bit elaborate on how that was that you felt when you were going through that process, if you kind of remember or if you I guess you can extrapolate out from the show. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so Keith Knight gets assaulted by a police officer and then they're like, Oh, this is the wrong guy. But then he just like has this whole moment. And then, um, the world comes alive and like starts talking to him, like in him and objects start talking to him. Um, and using, you know, like AAVE and all that kind of stuff. And he's just like, not, he's a pretty, uh, for lack of a better term, like a white black guy, you know, just like mm. the, he's like very much like, I don't know. I don't see color, you know, like why is everything got to be about like race and struggle with us? Like, why can't a, a cartoonist just be, you know, a cartoonist and whatever, like that mm. kind of thing. And so then but then he's like, well, it's inescapable. Right. And so he just kind of like season one is just him like tripping basically about what it means to be a black man in America. And I just remember like I can there are were specific moments um, of points of trauma really seeing it in in social media uh that are hard for me to talk about um and just like are they're just like a lot you know going back to that time and i remember feeling like shoot i've got to do something and so instead of like these inanimate voices talking to me (laughs) like i was a crazy person (laughs) i actually sought out those voices but just like kind of gathering all those things and and those perspectives diversifying my own feed and now you know coming full circle we talked about a couple weeks ago about like how i'm just like so bored with a white perspective and how reading more books and uh and things from other people's perspective is just way more enriching to my life and helps me think critically about who i am uh it's just really really nice but it's hard to be like, I suddenly realize that I am neither white nor Asian American and yet looking Asian American and trying to scramble and, and find those things. Uh, so, yeah, it just felt like I mean, it felt like a free fall and just kind of grabbing at different things, you know, to try to help break my fall and like find some type of place to anchor myself and like start to rebuild who I was but it definitely felt like a a huge identity 
deconstruction. Like just a straight up wrecking ball crash through the inner inner workings of my soul and brain. So that's that's what it felt like for me, I guess. So the best yeah. kinds. The best mm, kinds. I don't know. I don't know that <laughs> anybody having a wrecking ball going through your body is pleasant. <laughs> so um yeah, I mean, I don't when I look back on when I was first started all of this, you know, I definitely could not articulate what it was that I was going through. I knew mm-hmm. that it was like, hey, I have no idea about Asian anything. Mm-hmm. Um and I want to know more. And I guess in that way, it was more of like a curiosity about like, just because I look this way, it's like, oh, maybe I should learn a little bit more than just the surface of what, what this means. But I don't think at the time I would have been able, I definitely wouldn't have been able to say I'm self-racializing. Um, because when I was growing up, I think, and I've talked about this in Jerry's podcast or on Dear Asian Americans that... um. You know, I was really reluctant, obviously, to approach those spaces. And um, I'm forgetting what I was going to say. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's because it's such a point of trauma. My brain like moves around it. Um, yeah, but because yeah, yeah. it was like so difficult to get into it. And then the way I do things is like jump full bore when curiosity be- takes hold and it like becomes that fire. It, it goes from spark to flame. Um I think that it was just a lot. And I think all of the information at once was really hard to kind of sort through. Like you said, you know, you're grasping, you're falling and you're grasping at, at whatever you can to try and hold on. And I think as, you know, having the same realization as you that I'm not neither white, nor am I fully Asian American in the way that I want to be. And I just recently was listening to feeling Asian and um, Yeji was the guest. She is a Korean American DJ. And she was talking about how when she goes home to Korea for a long time, when she would go back and stay with her family, she, wherever she was at, like she would be surrounded by things that reminded her of her teenage years and, um, feeling kind of really stuck in that mindset and feeling, and she said something that really stuck with me and has really stuck with me the last couple of weeks. She said, I realized I needed to redefine what Korea means for me as an adult, as Mm -hmm. current me. And it really hit me because I was like, I've been looking at Korea, even after doing all of this and and thinking about myself, even as an Asian American and a Korean American through this, through like that lens of whiteness, through this internalization still, even after being on this journey and like, and not even that, but uh, as like, this infantilized view of Korea and what it means to be Korean, I think. Um, And I mean infantilized in the way that I've always thought about Korea the same. Um, And while that started to change a little bit, I've always thought about it as I thought about it as a kid, Um, which was like, I was born there and I look like Korean people, I guess. And that's about it. And, you know, Mm. even as I've moved forward in this process, I think I've still been looking at it like that because that's the definition I've always worked from. And so when I heard her say, I need to redefine what it means for me, I think it really, it clicked in my head that I needed to kind of start really shifting my perspective away from how I've always based it uh, in terms of how I've been thinking about myself as a Korean and as Asian American and thinking about Korea in general and thinking about how all of that history lives within me and defining it on the terms that I am now, as in Mm. I do accept myself as an Asian American and as a Korean person. And I do accept myself as having gone through this process of having all of that stripped away from me, but still being a part of that community, um, despite those things being too... Uh, being separate uh, for such a long time. And so I think when I talk about safe self-racializing now uh, and knowing that I didn't have the language then, I think I'm just better able to articulate, or maybe not, maybe I'm very long-winded and it takes me a minute <laughs> to get to the point. But I think that it, I think yeah. I, I don't know. I like, I feel comfortable sharing about it. And, mm. and every time that I talk about my journey, I think I'm always processing that information in real time. Which is what I really like about the podcast because it allows me to walk from A to B and get there, uh, even if I have to waste a few people's time in the process. So thanks for sitting here. 
Thanks for listening to me. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> this is where we get paid the big bucks is to <laughs> sit here and listen to you ramble. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, I hope that made sense, but it did. Actually, I took a lot of points from what you just said. Um, a, f- a few things. I'm, I'm going to try to remember all of the things I was going to say about it. But um, <laughs> Sorry. I, yeah, I can't I can't go back and like think of all the points. But the first point, I guess, is for me kind of answering, uh, um, I guess, KJ's question. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'd be curious if in the, the series woke, you know, the thing that made him become woke, I guess, you know, um, which I hate using that word like that, but, um, I don't know why I just feel so young. Like it's like out of place for me to use that word. That's okay. It's kind of out of place for people who are woke to use woke now. It's okay. like, it's, right. it's, it's taken it's on a whole, done now. It's a whole okay. thing. So I don't feel so bad. Um, but it was a traumatic experience. It was something that, um, that, that did, you know, awaken him in a way that, uh, you know, because of this incident, uh, I don't know if that's the case for a lot of uh, transracial adoptees. If something happens that, that, that like, sparks like this journey or this out of the fog or this, this thing that's all of a sudden like, boom, I need to go discover this. I need, I'm awoke, awoke, uh, about, you know, I am awoken. I'm awoken <laughs> about, you know, my culture or what I want to find. <laughs> Oh, oh wait that's the wrong kind of one that's a different yeah <laughs> so but I'm, I'm curious i mean mine specifically was just kind of a gradual started started getting into you know the documentaries and then you know really when i found my biological family i think that really was the trigger for me to start uh diving into it more talking about it more and then of course our podcast uh has really given me that a little more voice, a little more, um, ability to talk about it. And it makes me feel more comfortable talking about it, which I really Mm -hmm. appreciate. Um, and I'm very happy to talk about it now to anybody, honestly. Um, secondary, the Asian American feeling, I I wonder, I feel the most like, uh, Asian American when I was in Korea. When I was actually there, I felt Asian American. That makes sense because um, you because like, you're probably feeling felt the, American the most American. Right. Yeah, and so so here, I, I think you're right. I feel mm-hmm. I don't feel as Asian American or Korean American. I I do feel like still confused on oh, okay, you know, oh, I'm Korean, but over the last few years, I feel more of that. I feel more awareness that I am Korean. I feel more you know um, that uh, identity that I think was missing you know ten years ago, twenty years ago. Um, and I don't know, again, I don't know if it's because we talk about it so much because I'm hearing more stories because, you know, uh, I see you guys and we, you know, every week and we're talking about these, these topics now, it's like kind of taken over my, um, you know, my, your brain hole, um, my brain hole. So, so I appreciate that because I do feel fuller. I feel more, uh, confident in talking about it. And I feel, you know, like, uh, some missing puzzle pieces have been found. So that's about it. I won't ramble. Oh, you're not going to go for another five minutes like I did? <laughs> <laughs> you just got to keep extrapolating and extrapolating and extrapolating. And eventually, you tie it all back together. Um, yeah, no, I resonate I actually, with... Oh, sorry. Go no, you, you go for it. No, you go. I was just going to say... Well, no, because I'm looking for the thing. But I recently posted on a subreddit um, for adoption that was like, hey my significant other and i are both adopted but one was adopted by white parents and the other they're both i think chinese and so one was adopted like within the family and the other was adopted by white parents and so the one who was adopted within the family is like i don't know how to help my significant other uh like get connected and all those things and basically i just said like you just have to be in spaces where you can talk about this and be in spaces where you can practice using a language and like be okay existing in this weird in between. Um, because yeah, I think it's important that we practice using a language and mm, right. it's, it's gonna feel uncomfortable until it doesn't, you know what I mean? Like right. I think it's learning any new language. You just have to practice it and you can know the vocab words and you can know how the sentence is structured and all those kinds of things. But once you start actually practicing speaking it like hearing words come out of your mouth and then receiving words into your ear holes like that's the part that gives you that comfort that's the part that helps you get over the imposter syndrome that's what i recommended i don't know if that was good advice but i think it is well Mm -hmm. you have to move again i think i've been mentioning this more and more uh, just 
on the podcast, but just based on everything that I'm learning and reading. But you have to really sit in the discomfort to f- achieve like that true comfort, you know, because you have mm-hmm. to address and uh, confront like your biases and your prejudices and, and things that you think might be right, but are or potentially are wrong. And you have to be willing to admit fault and admit that you have things to learn. And I think going through that journey and that process, um, it, it, it lays the foundation for it to be to, for you to find that true comfort within the spaces that you, you find yourselves in. And, and, and that starts by putting yourself in those spaces and you utilizing that language. So I think I just repeated literally everything you just said, (laughs) just in slightly different words. So that's just me using the language. It's just me using the language. A good comparison, <laughs> actually. Now, that sparks something that I always learned because I've always been big in, you know, playing sports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I remember I, I I did for myself was I always wanted to play people better than me. I always wanted to lose. Like losing in a sport uh, helped me learn. Okay, but and, you wanted to always, lose? You didn't want to lose. I but if you really, lost, you were okay. Yeah, it was more along the lines of you you can't get better without losing or yeah. without a struggle or without a challenge. If you're just playing people that are, you know, that aren't as good, you're not going to learn as fast. And so same thing in, in a way that, you know, if you're not talking about it, you're not going to learn as fast. If you're not reading about it or looking for, you know, sources, uh, material or things like that. Um, so all these things are, again, like you said, get out there. And that's, uh, right. you know, what I feel. Um, I think that's what we're doing. I hope that's what everyone else is doing, if you're ready. (laughs) Well, it's just like we talked about before, you know, who's creating spaces or who's creating stuff for like us, the community. Um, And yeah, that's what that is. It's just, again, spaces for people to be able to sit in things and and conversations that they probably aren't having very often. And I will say that... um, it made me think of that because Angela Tucker, she is a black transracial adoptee uh, at Angie adoptee on Instagram, but his is uh, does a lot of work in this space. She's launching something new uh, about mentorship um, that looks really cool. Uh, and so I'm excited to see where that goes, but just made me think of that because I know we just recently talked about, you know, what are, who's doing what and where are those things um, that are for us? Right, right. Right, 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 right. Didn't you have something to talk about too, Patrick? I don't know. I just felt like it, we moved past the point of transition into that story, so I just felt like we were going to go in a different direction. But no, I didn't I really so. know what else we were going to talk about. I don't think so. I think that there's a lot around self-racializing and understanding who you are as your race. <laughs> um, sure. That I think bundles into experiencing somebody speaking another language. It's actually, it's weird. I've had this moment today, actually, where I was watching uh, Dear White People on Netflix and this fire track comes on at the credits. I was like, yo, what is this? What is the song? Uh, and it's Bilingue, Bilingue by, I don't even know the artist's name. Um, but anyways, it's it's in English and Spanish. And it's got this like reggaeton backbeat and stuff. And it's just like, it's so well produced and I really get it. And I've just been, there's just been a lot of language and things that are wrapped, wrapped in my brain around, um, abundance and celebration, uh, rejecting assimilation, living into these in-between spaces. And like, again, I was just like, man, if I was to make a song or do a thing, like there's something about like Spanish that just makes sense in my brain probably because i grew up with it the most besides english but i wish that that was true of korean and then mm-hmm. i'm like man maybe i should get back into learning korean and i don't know man that's just that's my whole journey with languages like i love i just love learning languages whether they're spoken languages or like computer languages <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah i don't know so i just i'm just like man i i wish i wish i was better that language i don't know that's That's one of the first things i feel like we learned about you is your love of language Mm. and also that you study really hard for one week of the year and then it's like 
That's, I feel like that's what you weeks. said in the first step. It's yeah. anywhere from like two weeks to if if it's really good, like three months, and sure. then, yeah, yeah. then I'm done. <laughs> but then but it always fires well, back up. Yeah, yeah. And you, yeah, how well you you retain that information though and soak it in compared to myself, I would say. I feel like my uh, the whole you know can't teach an old dog new tricks is definitely relevant. Hey. <laughs> so. Don't be ageist, okay? You're not an old dog. You're just a dog. I'm an You're old just dog. A dog. I can't do it. We don't see age on the show. I want to learn it, but I don't want to. <laughs> we can't see people's ages on the so show. We, I mean, that's true. It's not like we're, you know, putting it up. That's true. All right. Well, I mean, I guess on the topic of language um, and feeling, I don't know. I guess I was talking to someone recently about... um feelings of like inadequacy around just it's still just in like predominantly Asian spaces that mm. aren't like adoptee frequented. Um, but as I think I've mentioned on the podcast, I've been playing basketball with a group of guys. Um, and most of them are Chinese and we were playing the other day and I have no idea what happened, but words started to be exchanged <laughs> and things got heated. It got heated on the court. I can tell you that the game had to be stopped because the because the heat got turned up so high. Um, These actually matches, like actual. <laughs> they are basketball matches. No, but yeah. I mean, it's like, is it like uh, like two teams uh, swiped right? No, on yeah, each yeah, other. yeah. No, yeah. It's just it's, it's just pickup. Yeah. So oh, we play games. five okay. on five full court to twelve. Sure. By ones and twos, one by two. Got it. Little inside baseball for you about how we play basketball. A little uh, inside baseball about basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, what so period? these guys were arguing and they're arguing in Mandarin. And I have again, the both of the both of the guys that are fighting were on my team, mind you. And I'm trying to like step in the middle of everyone, and there's probably like 17, 18 people there. So there were people on the sides who got in between them and everything. And they're just going back and forth. And I'm trying to like figure out what's going on. Um, and I just can't understand what they're saying because I don't speak Mandarin. And it hit me in that moment that it hit me. A few things hit me. One, I was sad or I was upset. I was mad at myself because I couldn't step in and, and help and, and to defuse the situation. Two, I was sad because I couldn't understand what the the problem was the the issue was just because of a language barrier and three um on top of two so it's probably like 2a uh, <laughs> I was I was I was further saddened because it made me realize what adoption specifically had taken from me. Uh, and that's not my adoptive parents. They did not take this from me, uh, just for, just to clarify, which I feel like I shouldn't have to do, but I'm doing, going to do it anyways. But adoption as a whole, uh, when I was displaced essentially from Korea, um, was that like loss of language and the fact that I will never, ever be fluent enough in that way. To, to kind of be like passing, like you talked about earlier about when you're in Korea, you felt the most Korean American, you know, <laughs> always feeling that regardless of wherever I go, um, just from a language perspective. Um, but it just like, and I don't know, it just really dawned on me in that moment um, that I was just lacking all of this. And also... And the other reason I think that I felt so, may, yeah, maybe reason three uh, of why I felt sad was the fact that I have been trying to get into learning the language. Um, and it's just really been really tough for me to like sit down and focus and like start to study and, and really get into it. And for whatever reason, you know, I think this moment hopefully will be a catalyst for that. But I, I told the the my fellow co-host that I had went out and made some flashcards um, and was going to really try to get into it. And so, thank you. Thanks. I just wanted to express my feelings about you making flashcards. I appreciate that because I did really, really feel, I really did feel like down. And I almost texted you guys that day. It was a Saturday and was like, hey, I need an impromptu recording session if you're available because I want to talk about this. Because That's it really therapy. was like affecting me all day. <laughs> 
and yeah. I had like a big meeting and all the all kinds of stuff happening. And I was just kept thinking about that. Like I could not. I just I was so far removed from that experience that I just could not step in and help. And like, am I ever going to get there? And maybe I can at some point, but I'm not there today. And then it just made me think in hindsight of everything that I've lost. And just that I, because of the, of how much I internalized my surroundings growing up, how much I didn't want to learn that for a long time. And now that I do, it's like, we got a lot of ground to make up. So I was going to ask both of you, if you ever had any of those moments, you know, where you felt where you heard the language or you not, it doesn't even have to be Korean, but just any language where you, it made me like triggered some of that thought of like, man, I wish, or this is, I lost this, or I really want to learn this. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, a though, back to your statement too, uh, they were talking Mandarin, not Korean. So you shouldn't definitely not feel right. bad. It, right, right, right. Were, yeah. Well, yeah, but I just, I don't know. It just made me just being surrounded by other Asian people, hearing them speak yeah. an Asian based language was just like, it was just very triggering it, in that it moment. It could have been Korean and it would have been the same. Feeling. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I got it could have been Korean. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just the fact that of people speaking in other languages and not knowing what they're saying, especially if it's a heated argument and if it's a situation where you want to help. Yeah. That, that I would feel bad about that too. I would want to help. I would always want to, that's, I wish I knew every language, honestly. Um, you know, let's, let's, uh, you know, learn 20 languages or something. And that would be great. It's something that if I could, you know, wish for and snap my fingers, I totally would. That would Um, be great. That would be amazing. But, uh, as far as not knowing the Korean language and feeling uh, kind of um, sad about that, the the biggest one was actually when I was in Korea with my um, my biological siblings, and they were touring me around on the east coast of of Korea, and you know I didn't have a translator with us, so the entire three days I was with them, we were translating through an app on our phone, and of course that's about I would say eighty percent, if that accurate. Um, and so a lot of the times things were getting lost and a lot of things were not, um, easily translated. And there was one moment when they were trying to tell me something about either what we were doing that day or just about the environment that we were seeing and what, like the, we were going to go to the top of the mountains the next, the following day. And then that we were on the, the sea, the EC. So they were trying to tell me all this stuff. Um, but it just wasn't coming out. So they called this phone number and I don't remember what it was, but I think it was like a tourism phone number of um, maybe the local tourist office. Uh, And there was an English speaker on there and they, or a translator, and they started talking to that uh, person in Korean first. And then they handed me the phone and the person said, oh, hello. And she starts talking in English like, "Um, your brother wants me to tell you that if you have any questions, you can ask me. And it just felt so interesting. I don't know, like like they were trying so hard to talk to me that they resorted to calling the tourist line hotline just so the tourist person could talk to me and make me you know give me some information or answer any questions that I had. Maybe I was answer asking too many questions to them or something, and and that was the reason why they did it. But it it I felt really bad that that I and at that point I was like uh sure i'm like where are you i was not gonna ask this tourist line person like personal questions it was more along the lines of like oh where are we what what order what is this mountain what is the significance you know so i just kind of asked some basic questions but then that was about it and i was like i think that's about it i'm good and i felt really guilty that that Mm. that that happened um i really had wished i had known more uh korean at that time so that i could communicate with them so but it was also you know a very quick thing, you know, dropped on me that I didn't even know my entire itinerary um, before I even landed in Korea. So there was really no time for me to research where we were even going. Um, but yeah, so that was my, my that would thing. definitely you, be TJ? tough. Yeah, it would definitely be tough. Uh, yeah. So my thing with language, I mean, I talked about it kind of before, but like, okay. So the song is bilingue by snow, the product. Mm. Um, and that's no, the rapper, <laughs> there's this, <laughs> there's name. this line that she writes. It, it says, I ha ha con jota, ha 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 with the J I speak English and Spanish. I'm bilingual all day. And I was just like, man, that's the level that I wish 
I could get to with, I mean, English with not English, but with like Spanish, with Korean, like that level of playfulness with language. Mm. Like we talk, what we, I think generally we, the, the people know about like gender fluidity and kind of what that means. And so I think extending that into just general identity fluidity, right. That that represents a, a liquidity that is just like really fun and playful. And I know that she's an artist and you know, those kinds of things, but like that level or even, um, watching, Oh shoot. I don't remember what it's called. Uh, the movie that's set in New York about the, is it happy cleaners? Is that what it's called? Mm. happy endings no no uh, happy cleaners yeah right uh, the, yeah. the korean american movie yeah, yeah yeah like the indie film so watching that like and watching the siblings interact and like english but then throwing in like these korean bits or whatever just like and i'm getting there kind of but it's just like that part of the language that really pushes me to learn more because it i think in that in particular represents a level of mastery or at least fluency with what you know maybe not like general language mastery but mastery with what you know that like allows for that kind of thing and nathan to your point i think like it's important for me like i wish that i knew like i know enough about how language works for german or romance languages and now kind of korean and because of the grammar maybe japanese i don't know uh that i could like maybe have very basic conversations with heavy pointing <laughs> like about you know just simple things things that don't matter but that's yeah because i think hello sorry Oh, my phone sounded, rarely ever goes off. That sounded so. like a landline. It, it, it is his landline. Remember he has one down there. Yeah. I don't know. You had a landline. Yeah, one off oh. one, time, one other time. Only. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna pause for this emergency. Emergency. But why was somebody calling oh, you? Though? It was probably like a spam call it, or something. It was. It was a one eight hundred number. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. It's the only numbers that call us. Um, because we've never given the phone number out. Fair. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so the but I think that there's something just in in the ability to communicate that is intrinsic to humans, right? It's part of social dynamics, right? And the idea idea right. of understanding and communicating and belonging and all those things. And so I think that, yeah, probably that's what's trapped up in us is like, oh man, I wish that I could communicate effectively. I wish that I could talk good with other people, you know? So well, I think that was the larger point too of why I just felt that's that overarching sadness is because again, like, I think it just made me realize as like an inter-country transracial adoptee what was taken from me um, or what I lost through no fault of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and the language lent the language was the trigger uh, mm-hmm. to make me think about all everything, you know, that's that's gone by the wayside uh, for 30 odd years. So, um yeah, because yeah. I want, like, yeah, because it would be it would be great to be able to bounce back and forth and to be able to feel fully or at least feel more a part of the communities of each community than I have had felt or than I've felt before. Uh, you know, I feel a lot better now than I did even a year ago. But it just was a it was just a stark reminder that mm-hmm. you know I, we I I and and all transracial intercountry adoptees have lost some things yeah fun episode <laughs> <laughs> fun episode to edit i don't know i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah it's okay just, just leave it all in deep topic just leave it all in. just leave it all in. <laughs> i'm not your listeners you don't know what we're talking about but that's great podcasting you know it's yeah. just this is this is yeah the inside baseball of podcasting <laughs> The inside um, podcasting of baseball. We're going to jump into a very fun food item now uh, that I can't wait to experience. Mm. But we got to go cook it. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to try it's some cooked. ramen again. Woo-hoo. Again. Welcome back to the John Chi Show eating portion. Or Mokcha. Not to be confused with mukbang or other eating shows, cooking shows. We we cooked for this one. Just we did. That's true. a rarity. It was a rarity. It's but actually I'm, not though. I was thinking ramen is probably the most commonly 
eaten product on this show. We've had it like a number of times now. That's true. We have had it three, true. three or four times. At but least, this right? one is different, Patrick. Tell yes. us why this one is different. This is carbonara style. I don't know yes. anything more about it. <laughs> carbonara is typically the, cheese, the Italian I think is, with cheese, yeah, bacon, and is. like peas. It's a creamier sauce. Um, this still has, because this is by Bulldog, um, the brand that makes the really, really spicy ramen. Um, this one is uh, probably a spicy version of the carbonara. That's what I'm assuming. But Well, it um, seems like it's just their regular spicy one, but then they just added... Cheese, back cheese powder. Yeah, it was they yeah. took the out powder. the flakes and then put cheese powder in. Right. It was it was very reminiscent of like a mac and cheese powder that it, when I was. Oh yeah, I it. thought this was a hundred percent going to be like a mac and cheese. Right. Um. So, all right, let's try it. Oh, weird. Wow. Yep, that's hot. It's definitely spicy. <clears throat> I like, the first like thing it. I taste. I don't taste cheese. I just taste spice. Really. Yeah, I don't really taste the cheese either. It just tastes like really hot ramen. Or yeah, <laughs> but it's a little creamier ramen. though, right? It's a tad it's definitely creamier. creamier. I guess it's a little creamier. I'm gonna get a napkin. Ramen. So, oh yeah, I got plenty of napkins for me. On top of that, I actually brought my wife brought me some uh, aqua frescas. So I got some strawberry cream stuff here. If this gets too hot, I think actually. Probably, chances are, because you didn't remain eight tablespoons, it's more spicy and less creamy. Because, like, mine looks to be the lightest of the three of ours, and mine tastes, I mean, like, fairly cheesy. Mm. You're so fairly it cheesy. Needed, it needed <laughs> no, the liquid to uh, to activate it. I want the heat. I mean, it's still really as hot. hot as possible. Yeah, we remember from your uh, hot ones challenge. I just watched another episode of that recently, and I thought of you. Great show. <clears throat> well, Sean Evans. Never seen if an you episode. Listened, <clears throat> well, don't have listen guys... to him. Sean Evans, don't listen to him if you're listening to this. <laughs> have me on, though. Show. One of my number one goals in Before I Die is get on that show. <clears throat> Good luck. Thank you. And I don't know why you'd want to do it. Um, well, I got to do it for real. <laughs> Not that I didn't do it for real last time with Hannah, but yeah, I was gonna say that looked pretty. I want to do it me. on the show. You looked like you were in real pain. <laughs> that looked real. Oh, you thought it looked bad then. Have, this is have you guys, the following day. <laughs> so this is the carbonara. Have you had real carbonara? I make carbonara. <clears throat> you do. Okay. It's actually it's really simple um, because it's basically just egg and Parmesan cheese. Uh huh. Uh, oh yeah, that's that right. You, There's usually egg in it too, right? Yeah. I well, almost the, made an egg to put in this. That's mm-hmm. the sauce. Is it's an egg, Parmesan cheese, and then um, like it's cooked in like bacon grease. Yeah. Um, and so it's a really, I mean, it's a really simple recipe, which is great if you want to feel fancy but don't know how to cook super fancy things. Um, so yeah, I, I I wonder if this isn't like powdered eggs that get activated with water, and so mm. you know, like that's kind <clears> of like the combination that makes it. Makes it happen. Maybe not. Yeah, actually, I, don't I didn't know, read the ingredients. There. Yeah, so just tore it open. Eight. I was busy I'm making the food. Uh, this is, I think this is not super spicy. Um, and it's mostly just like temperature wise because, you know, we are trying to cook and eat in a yeah, prompt amount of time hot, so we can get the back. Heat of the temperature. Yeah. yeah so it's just I'm going to go like, with the spice warm. level though compared to the other one that we had. The other bulldog, that one was really spicy. That was probably uh, for me like a six or seven. And I feel like this is more like a four or five. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's a little cool. It's still spicy, but it's a little. <clears throat> it's not as yeah. intense as the other bulldog that we've had. But yeah, but if we're like talking about shinrun shin ramen shin <laughs> ramyun, yeah, ramyun. That one's more like a three. I would say three or four. Um. But yeah, no, this is good. I like the creaminess to it. I feel like I want bacon in it, though. Um, I am mad I don't have more of these. <laughs> you like that one? So you like that one? Maybe I'll start throwing one. some. Maybe I'll start throwing some. Uh, I can't even think. Think or talk? Yeah, Parmesan cheese. <laughs> so and bacon uh, grease. I did a, <laughs> a, a video about that, actually. So there's um, the cheese ramen that's going around that where you make a cheese sauce 
um, in the pan, and then you cook your ramen too, and then you throw your ramen in the cheese sauce with the spice packet, and essentially it makes a cheesy, spicy ramen. And it was it was pretty good. It was less hot than this and more cheesy. And you did like, a video about cheese. this? Yeah, I did a TikTok on it, but or I posted it on on uh, Facebook. Sorry, TikTok. you're not on Facebook. I don't have Facebook. Yeah, I know. I did a video. I can send it to you if you want to see. Yeah. I thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, actually, I do want to see what that looks like. You should send that to me. Oh, I finished mine, fellas. What are you? How are you feeling about it? <clears throat> I can't believe you still finished. Still working I wish, on it. I wish I would have made another a second package. I got more. I got no gritty right now. You, you can what? eat two packages oh, no of ramen. Oh, goose! You best get out of my backyard, or I'm coming down there and fighting you. <laughs> wow! Yeah, fly away. Way to go. These you birds did. that you live around our Big house. Big man, you tell that goose. No way. I'm terrified of geese. <laughs> that geese would ask me fire. up to, to my death. You, you ever been hissed at by a goose? The comfort of your house. You ever been hissed at by a goose? Do they hiss? Yeah. <laughs> they go, I open their beaks real wide, and then their tongue sticks out, and they go, <laughs> it's, terrifying. it's terrifying. <laughs> wow. And then they'll start sprinting at you with their wings flapping out like this. That doesn't sound fun. It's not. I've been chased okay, by a goose like numerous times. You seem like the kind of guy that, that would like big yourself up and fight back. Absolutely like spread not. Spread out your wings and scream at them. <laughs> Absolutely not. It's all for show. Uh, all my bravado for show. Uh, <laughs> a moment's notice, I will flee from danger. <laughs> It's once from the, birds. Once the cameras from are birds. turned off. Yeah, when the cameras are off. Yeah, I guess if there's a camera pointing at me, I would confront that bird. But if there are no cameras, I'm running away. Well, a note to self, I'm recording you next time a bird comes around. Because <clears throat> that could be some I'm not stuff. joking. I've seen geese, like, go after dogs and stuff. It's wild. Like, oh, yeah. they are not Oh, yeah, nice. they're super mean. Yeah. yeah. For sure. All right. So instead of letting everyone listen to us eat the entire... Uh, Package. What do you rated there, Mister Mister Patrick? I already ate my package, so. But I'm giving this. I like the cheese edition. I'm going to give it a five. I think it's a mm. good spice level. I think it's a good spice level. I think the cheese brings an additional flavor to the palate. Um. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's solid. I'm a big. I'm a big ramen fan, anyways. So it's hard for me to give it anything less than high sure. marks. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I like the fact that the creaminess adds to it because I remember the last uh, um, bulldog that we had was just spicy and kind of garlicky. I feel oh, like yeah. it didn't have some of this creamy flavor to it. This one does. Um, yeah, I, I will give this one. I'm not going to go that high. I'll give it a four and a half out of five um, just because my mouth is on fire right now. So. <laughs> I like that Bulldog was like, hey, our packages are normally black, which makes yeah. you think, okay, beware. There's a heat level. They're like, if we just slap some cheese in this, make it a pink package, nobody Hot will know. Pink. Yeah. Hot pink. Nobody yeah, will, nobody will seem, think that it's it'll spicy. It'll seem very innocent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just have some. It's fine. You'll be okay. Oh, man. Nah, it's still hot. Yeah. KJ's um, wiping his, wiping his brow. Intense nose sweat. <laughs> <laughs> which usually means it's spicy, really which too. is definitely spicy, but... Yeah. Uh, I think it's also just again the temperature, but like as I so my my packet kind of broke apart, so I, it's hard for me to finish it off. Um, and I was like, oh, maybe I could like just drink this, but it's uh, that would be a mistake. Too hot, <laughs> so, burn your throat. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Uh, well, I'm less worried about my throat, and more worried about my tummy and later parts oh. of my body. <laughs> sure, sure, so, sure, 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 sure. Uh, but it's really good. I think I would give it a four and a quarter. Um, it's like. I think the cheese is more novel to me. It's also got this, like, I don't know what it is, dried parsley or something in it. There's that makes it feel, in there. Yeah. yeah, quote, Italian. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's not, I mean, it's like, it's fine. It's ramen with cheese. And it, I don't know. Yeah, it is just, yeah. Here's, I think my thing is, like, I am less impressed overall with Puldak than I am with Shin Ramyun. Like, and maybe that's my own nostalgia, because Shin Ramyun was my first with korean people and i'm like oh this one's a good one but sure yeah uh i don't know if it and maybe it's the noodles maybe i don't know so i think overall four and a quarter it's pretty good 
it's novel um but i wouldn't like go seek it out necessarily i would actually rather just have shinramyun with like my own zhuzhing i don't need a company to zhuzh my ramen for me so with a powder zhuzh yeah <laughs> i don't need powdered zhuzh i'd rather have my own zhuzh yeah, make it with the real cheese. Try that out because that's what I did last time, and it was like I said, it was pretty good. We just like okay, shredded cheddar cheese. cheese. Yeah, yeah, like shredded cheddar cheese, some butter, some milk, and then you add the spice packet into that to make like a, a spicy, creamy cheese, and then you throw the cooked ramen in it, and you just mix it all together, and it's like really good. Mix it all together, and you know well, you got the best of both worlds. Both you know? worlds. On that note, for all my uh, Hannah Montana fans guys, out there. Go find some Bulldog. There's other flavors too. There's a lot of different flavors. So, what's um, what's your favorite other flavor than regular? Because that's everyone's curry. favorite flavor, right? I like the curry flavor. The curry. Mm, that sounds good. I never had the curry one. Really? You sure. I know we had it on the show. Yeah, I was gonna say I gave. We you did a the packet. curry one on the show. Not on the show, but I gave you a packet of it when we left uh, the Janchi Live last year. Is that? Because I, I bought some in LA. Well, but. this is embarrassing. Anyways, <laughs> you can find us at the John C. Show, wherever we want to be found on social media. You can send us an email, the John C. Show at justlikemedia.com. You could leave us a voicemail at 972 677 8867. You got it. Woohoo! Memory. Woo-hoo! All alone in the midnight, uh, in the moonlight, I mean. Um, Oh, yeah, you can go to dungeonshow.com slash support to find out how you can support the show. That is uh, really, really important and means a lot to us. Um, and you can find us individually on our social handles, which are at KJ Relke, wherever I want to be found on the internet. At Nowak on Instagram. And at Patrick in the world also on Instagram. Yes. I don't know. So, I'm like that. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it. Uh, please take a moment and tell your friend or <laughs> friends or friends singular friends friend. about Actually, how one. good the show is yeah. and why they should listen to it because everybody should listen to it because we think it's it's good and that's how we uh, <laughs> help spread the word and amplify our own voices. Anyways, that's it for the show. Until <laughs> next thank week, Chanchi Heyo. Bye.